All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, wonderful Wednesday afternoon. How are you? And uh, welcome to the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440 Oilers Nation YouTube it is the Wednesday, January 10th edition of the show. And man, it is loaded, jam-packed show today. And as always, it's brought to you by PlayAlberta.ca. Alberta's only regulated online gambling where, website where 100% of the revenue stays right here in the province of Alberta. Goes for uh, snow cleaning, whatever else. Getting the hand day fixed. Who knows? Maybe making the Yellowhead a freeway. By the uh, year 2044, I think, was their uh, goal for that. So, hey, guess what? Good news. We're uh, 20 years away from uh, the Yellowhead being lights free. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it still makes me laugh. <laughs> that was part of the uh, press release about the Yellowhead many years ago. That Oh, yeah, it'll be a freeway by 2044. And I'm like, what? Wait, first of all, how do you even know that? Like, everything is delayed every year, and you're telling me that you're going to land within a, uh, a year of when it's going to be ready? God, it's still one of the funniest press releases I've ever seen. But uh, nonetheless, the uh, you know what's better than that? You know what? The only thing worse than that press release was the video review on the offside goal last night. Now, I don't think anybody can say with certainty if it was onside or offside. Let's, let's all agree on that. I watch it. How many? You watch it. Everybody watch it. I think it's up. Oh, geez. I'm not sure. I think it is. I'm not sure. Hence, inconclusive. There was no, the whole point of the rule 
is that, and trust me, we've seen offside goals recalled. You're like, oh yeah, that's offside. Like it's not, it's a no brainer. It's a no brainer. That's the point of the rule that you see ones that are obvious. Okay. That's on offside. Away we go. Done. No one complains. Everyone's like, yeah, okay. It was offside. I get it. In super duper slow motion, they couldn't get it right because it was that close. You don't know. So I don't know. Maybe just stick with the call on the ice. Like what? A, what? A, what a debacle! Absolute debacle! And and the like. If it would have taken that long, and they still called it a goal, I would have said debacle. What the hell are you doing? This is a regular season game. This is not the. This is not game seven of the playoffs with two minutes to go. But either way, when you have to look at it, oh, this angle. Now let's look at it this angle. Oh, hey, Pete, what do you see? Oh, let me come and check. Oh, let's, ooh, geez, I'm not sure. Frame by frame. Mm, well, I, I think now is he offside? Yeah, mate, but is he under control? Like, come on. And by the way, don't compare it to Makar, okay? Don't compare it to Kale Makar. Right? If you see the angle of Kale Makar, by the rule book, Kale Makar, it was onside. He did not touch the puck in the offensive zone until the player had left the zone. You can hate it all you want, but that's factual. So don't use that one. Okay, that was actually a good goal. You can hate it, but it was a good goal by the rule book. This one, no one knows. Nobody can say with certainty after watching that that it was for sure not a goal. How they came to that conclusion, I have no idea. But the fact that it took that long illustrates this is not why the rule was put in place. There's no chance the human eye is going to get that in real time. They couldn't get it in super duper, supersonic, extra slow motion time. They couldn't do it. All right. So like, what are we doing here? You've lost the plot when you're spending that long. Right, somebody's ego's gotten way too big. They're, ooh, look how important I am. Are you sure? Well, no, let me give another five minutes here. Let me look at it again. No. Now, it didn't cost you orders a game. But that, that, to me, you shouldn't wait until it cost a team to, uh, the game to say, hey, let's make a change. Guess what? This didn't impact the outcome of the game. Good. But it illustrates that how it was handled is not good. It's not done to what their initial premise was when they put the rule in place. You wanted to clear and obvious calls if they were missed. This would clear them up. And I think most most hockey fans would be like, okay, that makes sense. I, I, we, I can't remember the last time the Oilers had a goal that was called off, I think, a month ago. And you look at the replay, you're like, oh, yeah, it's like three, four inches offside. No big deal. Done. And away you go. There's no debate. There's, there's no hand-wringing. Everybody agrees. Last night was just terrible. Go That long, and then there was nothing about that was conclusive. I'm sorry. There's nothing about that that was conclusive. Because if it was, they would have found it right away. Now, uh, would I like a timer? I've said for years, if you can't see it clearly within the first minute, then obviously the call stands, whatever the call is. Now, obviously on offside, when it's offside, it's offside, they just play on. But on goal reviews, if you can't see it clearly, and even if you want to stretch it to two minutes, I wouldn't like it, but I'd probably live with it. But after that, I'm sorry. It's too long, and it's against what the rule was put in place for originally. Now, leading us to a goal, people are wondering, why didn't Knobloch challenge the uh, 
Uh, I think that would have been Zach Hyman's goal on the Bouchard shot. Not 100% sure, but it might have been. Because clearly he didn't initiate contact. Morazic did. And when the shot went in, Hyman was outside the crease. It's two to one. You're leading. You haven't played great. But your penalty kills mean awesome. That's the one thing. Like last night, Chicago's power play didn't really do much. Well, they did nothing as far as scoring. And they didn't really generate many chances. I thought he might challenge it. But the thing is, you don't really know. But after watching what they overturned on on the offside, I'll tell you right now. If that goal on Hyman would have occurred after the offside review, I'll bet my bottom dollar Knobloch would have challenged it because he's going to say, well, hey, they're going to spend a half an hour on this one. Clearly, we think it's a goal. So it didn't hurt the team at all. And you know what? You can make the argument. Who knows if they would have overturned it? Because honestly, does anyone know? Connor, can you can you sit there confidently and say, you know what? Had they challenged, for sure they would have counted that as a goal. Can't guarantee it. Nope. Like I would think by the wording of the rule, there was a good chance. But again, good chance and for sure doesn't happen. Because I watched that replay and I was like, well, geez, I'm not sure you can tell. So you need 100% conclusive evidence to overturn the call on the ice. That's the whole point of the rule. So I don't know. Ultimately, it didn't matter. Uh, what did matter, though, is that uh, Stuart Skinner played well again. The Edmonton owners got goals from Drysaddle. Great goal from uh, McDavid on a sick pass from Matias Ekholm. I know it's a 2-1 game. Did Edmonton play great? No, it's only the sixth time in franchise history they won a game where they only had 15 shots. They won two games with 13 shots, two games with 14 shots, and now two games with 15 shots. That's in like the the 40 plus year history of the organization. It's hard to win games when you don't get that many shots, but they did. And uh, Stuart Skinner, he made some very key saves. That would go down as a steal when when they qualified for um, Sport Logic, and that would be Skinner's third steal of the season. Not bad. For a guy that many wanted to say, oh, not ready. There's a lot of people walking back their thoughts early on the season on Skinner, I would think. I'm always, I've learned, because I used to be knee-jerk reaction when I first started in this business. Ah, oh, this guy, oh, this guy, come on, he's done. And I'm like, eh, you know what? Small sample size, not doing it. And Stuart Skinner, he had seven tough games. Some of them really tough, no question about it. Since then, he's been really good. And since November 24th, he's been excellent. Excellent for the orders. You, It's hard to ask for much better from, from Stuart Skinner. And uh, the orders now are getting some wins when they don't score four, five, six goals. Right? 2-1 game. Got to win some of those every now and then. And uh, the orders did. Uh, other, My other takeaway from last night, Connor Halley, and I don't, know, I don't know where you come out on this, but I'm always perplexed by some people who are, oh, you're not going to win when you play like that. Yeah. How many games have the Oilers played like that in the last two months? So they have one game where they don't have their A game, but they still had two goals disallowed that were borderline at best. And people are freaking out about it. Like, calm your jets, man. Eat a Snickers to use a commercial. It's ridiculous. Like, to me, those are the type of people that I would not want to interact with if I was a fan. 
be like cuz they're just they're 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 not they're nonsensical Guess what? Lots of good teams win games when they're not supposed to. Stuart Skinner's part of your team. Remember the Tampa Bay game? Think about it. Did the owners probably deserve, and I'm using quotations, to win that game against Tampa the way they played? Yeah, probably, but they lost. Did they deserve to win last night? Eh, debatable, but they won because of their goalie. If you want to say their goalie cost them the game in Tampa, well, it evened out last night. It's fair. He's part of the team. So if your goalie stands on his head and you win, you can say, ah, oh, the team didn't play. Well, yeah, but the goalie played great. Like, think about it. Some games the orders play, man, Connor McDavid goes nuclear, scores four points, they win four to two, and everyone's like, oh, man, McDavid's great. But last night, the orders win two to one, and it's like, well, they should have played better. Not Stuart Skinner was great. It's amazing to me the difference. Stuart Skinner was the star of the game last night. And another illustration of why the three stars have become the biggest joke after offside review in the NHL. They didn't even have Stuart Skinner in Chicago as one of the stars of the game. And I'm like, pardon? What, the, what, what game are you watching? So um, uh, either way, Stuart Skinner's playing great. And give Knobloch credit. He went with Skinner and it panned out. I would think the orders have the day off today, but I would think Calvin Pickard's going to go tomorrow night against the uh, Detroit Red Wings. And we'll go from there. So uh, on the show today, we will have, man, we got a loaded show for you. We're, uh, it's Who Is It Wednesday, a really good guest joining us uh, coming up. But uh, on the program today, we'll have uh, Dave McCarthy joining us right away. Your Rem Chuck will be by. Uh, who Is It Wednesday's guest. I'll give you some hints on who it is in a second. Mike Rupp will be by. Speck, uh, Corey Smith, who is the uh, board chair of the Edmonton Orders Community Foundation, man. They're doing something uh, massive in the community. We'll talk about that in the uh, 5 o'clock hour. We got the uh, ski report. Some snow, baby. I know it's cold now, but at least we got snow. So that's a good sign. Uh, Paul Sir, we'll talk uh, some uh, some basketball. Huge announcement coming today from uh, from Paul Sir. So uh, all that, uh, we'll get your text at 833-401-1440. Our, uh, our guest today... In Who Is It Wednesday was a first round selection in the National Hockey League. Played over uh, 900 games in the NHL for uh, four organizations. Had a few deep playoff runs, but never actually won a Stanley Cup. Was, uh, was not a big offensive player, despite being a, a first round selection. But uh, had a pretty solid career. Over 150 NHL goals in his career. Over 1,000 penalty minutes. So who is it Wednesday? So uh, looking forward to that coming up uh, later on today. Uh, some other news. Cause is it confirmed? Is Pete Carroll officially out? With the Seahawks? He is officially out, but he will be remaining with the organization as an advisor. Okay. So do you think, was this mutual or is this the organization? Like, what was the announcement? I was, I saw it and then I had to get to the station, so I haven't seen much more since. Yeah, you know what? I, I wonder, I wonder if you had truth serum, what Pete Carroll might say. Because we didn't really know that this might be something that could happen. He's 72 years old, right? And I think that maybe maybe it's time just for a step back. The, the press release was kind of weird. It finishes with, Pete will always be a beloved member of the Seahawks family. It's like he died. 
he didn't die. He's still going to be in the organization. He's still going to be an advisor. We'll see what happens. But it does almost seem like it was a, we're moving on. What would you like a position? And he took it. Yeah. Um, I also saw that the Raiders talked glowingly about their interim head coach, but they've yet to announce him as interim head coach. And now the Titans have asked for an interview. What the hell is going on? Yeah, yeah. Antonio Pierce, since taking over as the head coach uh, for Josh McDaniels, he was fantastic. He, got, he kind of brought back that Raiders swagger. They were smoking cigars after the room. They stomped the Chargers. They are having a lot of fun talking about how they wanted to keep on running up the score. It almost reminds me of the last time this happened when they got rid of John Gruden. They had Rich Passaccia, got the team into the playoffs, and then they moved away from for Josh McDaniels. I mean, to me, it seems like Antonio Pierce should be a no-brainer. He seems like he's turned that team around, like I said, brought the swagger back. But there is that hesitation. I'm sure they want to do the feeling out process. And now the Tennessee Titans have requested an interview with Pierce. So I don't know what their plan might be. You know, the, the former pro worked pretty good for them with Mike Vrabel. Got them to a conference championship. Never got them over the hill, I suppose. But, uh, yeah, if you're the Vegas Raiders, I don't know what you're doing. I would don't think I'd let him leave the facility. I'd be saying, you're here. Yeah. We're re-signing you. It worked. Don't, don't even head to Tennessee. There's no point because you're not leaving. We'll see if it gets rejected. I know the Chargers had tried to interview their defensive coordinator, and the request was denied. Oh, there you go. <laughs> hey, guys, uh, Lindholm would be perfect for the orders. I uh, can't see how it happens, though, from perplexed order fan. Really? Did I, I, I don't think. I'm not sold. Like I guess unless you think he's a third-line center. Um, is a third-line center, when you consider that you have Kane and Holloway, you can play Ryan McLeod a third-line center. I think... To me, the biggest need for this team is a proven, legit top six right winger. That's one. I think uh, they would look at, they want a right shot centerman in their bottom six. And now if, and it's hard, if you could upgrade on CC, I could understand that. Now that's a big one to ask, right? Maybe a backup goalie as well. So those are things. But honestly, if, if I could only get one forward move, I think I would look to get a, a top six right winger. Warren Fogel's my third line right winger. I'm really happy. Like, really happy. So, that's that's how I see it. Uh, anyway. Hey, guys. Uh, Skinner might have stolen this game, but I find his rebound control needs improvement. Too many times the puck will hit him. You think it has under control, and the puck gets loose, and chaos ensues around the net. Marty McFly. All right. Um... Uh, you, you and I are seeing different games. Uh, I'll say that. I, I think, to me, there, there's there's very few faults to find in, in Stewart's game, Stuart Skinner's game, uh, basically for the last two months of the season for me. I uh, I have a real hard time finding any area where I would look and say, geez, that's a real consistent concern for me. Right? He uh, For two months, he's got a 918 save percentage. And more importantly, has a 2.23 goals against. He's not allowing goals. That, to me, is is uh, I'll take goals against over save percentage all day long, right? Because some if you don't face a lot of shots, because the owners don't give up a lot of what I call the weak uh, save percentage bonus shots. From the outside, you know, shots from the blue line, from the outside, and, uh, you know, you don't play teams because teams don't fire. But you look at other games, and lots of times, you know, the, the owners will take some shots where you're like, okay, it's a shot on goal, but, like, there's no danger there at all. Right. And so, um, you know, the orders have done a pretty good job of, of, uh, limiting shots against for sure. So, uh, your save percentage that you can give up two goals in a game, face some quality chances, 
But if you don't face any high volume shots, your save percentage can be lower. So. Um, as Kevin Woodley uh, outlined on Monday, Stuart Skinner, all his underlying numbers have been excellent here for uh, for two months. Very good. And he's uh, well, he's got the most wins in the NHL since November 10th. So two full months. He's got 16. He's 16 and four. Uh, he started 20 games. Hellebuck is 15, three and two. He started 20 games as well. Now, Hellebuck's probably the Vesna Trophy leader as we near the midway point of the season. He's been unreal for the Jets. Unbelievable. But look at his age. Look at how many years he's been in the in the league. Right? Like was Connor Hellebuck like this in his second season? It was pretty good. And like Stuart Skinner's showing me a lot of reasons why you think, hey, the orders have been looking for a a legit starter. I don't know if Stuart Skinner will get to a top five goal in the league yet. Still too early to say. But he's trending in the right direction to be a top fifteen goalie in the NHL. Is the way I look at it. And maybe top 10. To get to top five, that's really hard. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, I'll take a quick break. Uh, we will return. Uh, Dave McCarthy is uh, going to join us. Uh, hey, Cons, aren't your Chargers trying to port another Dallas coordinator? Next head coach, Dan Quinn. Time to write the check and sign Harbaugh. They already messed up with Sean Payton from Spaghetti. <laughs> Dan Quinn's going to Seattle. Come on. He, he created the LOB. He's going to go back there. We'll get Harbaugh done. Don't worry. We're just letting him enjoy it. He just won a championship. We'll get it done. We might bring in Antonio Pierce to run the defense. How about that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if the Raiders lose him, man, that'll just be <laughs> that's just bad asset management right there. Bad. You, you know, they like the coach. The players love the coach. Well, we're not sure we can commit to him. Like that's what bad organizations do. I'm sorry, that's what they do. We'll return on the Gregor Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Two twenty-four. Jason Gregor, Connor Halley. It's a Gregor Show coming to you live in the E-Well studio, E-W-E-L dot C-A, your local electrical distributor. I remind you to stay tuned for an electrifying show that hopefully will light up your day. That's what they do at E-Well, E-W-E-L dot C-A, and uh, they are huge sports fans, just like yourself. The uh, Edmonton Owners, day off today, and uh, they will take on the Detroit Red Wings Tomorrow night, the uh, Red Wings in a dogfight in the Eastern Conference playoff race. Uh, lots of teams uh, battling for playoff spots. Uh, it's kind of, you know, they got like four or five teams, and then they got a few spots that are wide open. Whereas in, in the West, I think ultimately it might come down to, well, if, I guess if LA keeps floundering, then, then maybe they could, uh, could be a wild card team. I still think they're probably a top seven team, but we'll see. They are struggling. Uh, Pierre Luc Dubois. Huh. Second time he wanted out of an organization. How's that going for him in L.A.? Hasn't really played great now, has he? Let's go around the NHL. Brought to you by Mick Donalds. And uh, stop in now for the hot honey Mick Crispy. The uh, Juicy Tender season check-in. Uh, shredded lettuce, crispy jalapenos, and hot honey sauce. Try one today for a limited time. Only at McDonald's. Dave McCarthy from uh, Sirius XM joins us now. Uh, Davey, uh, I'm just curious. Uh, uh, the review might still be going on. Like, I, that's ridiculous. Like, I'm sorry. You, you, you want to have, you want to get the call right. I get it. But the whole premise to have these reviews is to get rid of the obvious. If it's clear and obvious, there was nothing clear and obvious about it. They took 10 minutes. And after 10 minutes, I'm like, I saw nothing that was conclusive to overrule the call on the ice. 
it, was it actually 10 minutes? I wasn't watching it in real time, so I only saw the, the clip of the play, but it was actually a 10-minute delay. Oh, God, yeah. Like, if I, I uh, might have been, but maybe it was nine. I don't want to exaggerate, but it was close, man. Like, honestly, okay. I was like, okay. Like, you know how long nine minutes is? Yes. When you're just sitting. That's outrageous. Um, yeah, no, it's too long. I, I think, as you point out, the the purpose of the review is to avoid the, the thing from Colorado a number of years ago, where the guy was like Duchesne. You know, yeah, yeah Duchesne, where he was like eight feet offside and they just missed it. And you obviously don't want a game of consequence ending on a goal where the guy was eight feet offside. So I I was in favor of bringing in the review process for things of that nature, or even even calls that are are close, but, you know, still relatively clear. It's like, yep, the guy's foot was well off the ice and he was a step or two inside the line. Okay, if you have to zoom in and uh, maximize and try to crispen the picture and brighten and add a little contrast there to uh, what are we doing here? I mean, it's the same thing in baseball where they brought in the review process for, you know, calls at second and third base it was, you know, if the if it was a an egregiously missed call, not whether the guy's foot popped off the base by an inch and a half when he slid in and came to a standing position, whether or not the fielder still had his glove on his arm or whatever. Like that's not the spirit of the rule. So, you know, as you always say, when you bring in review processes or you change any rule of consequence, there can be unintended consequences that crop up as a result of the change. You have to be really careful, um, but I do think we have to use our... Like, there should be... I think the simple way to correct this is if after... Pick a number. Two minutes. Three mi- two minutes, three minutes. Is that reasonable? Beyond that, if there is anything that is inconclusive, um, I don't think we should be worried about it anymore because if if you're hanging your hat on that and saying well look uh nine and a half minutes later when we ran the picture through an image enhancer like okay is that really why you lost the game then no i don't think it is i I think that's what needs to be brought in there should be a limit so that reviews don't get out of hand to this extent and i think when a guy like Connor mcdavid speaks the way he did last night um, at least ears kind of perk up to an extent and listen. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, Gary hasn't done a lot of listening in his tenure, that's for sure. Um, and, and the whole point of there was nothing last night that was conclusive. So if it's inconclusive, the rule. So if you have to go in super ultra slow motion, of course you're never going to get it right on the ice because your eyes don't function that way. That's the other that's thing right. to me. Like, so the refs, to me, they made the call. It looked close. You know, there's probably times when, when maybe another ref blows that down because it's close. And guess what? They just play the game. It just goes on. And you're like, okay, move on. But, uh, either way, you know, the orders have won eight in a row now. Uh, they come only the third franchise in NHL history to have three winning streaks of eight or more games in a span of 45 games. Uh, joining the uh, 85-86 Flyers and 1929-1930 Boston Bruins. So, you know, they're playing really well. Uh, they're within four points of the LA Kings and uh, they're 10 back of Vegas, but they have four games in hand. And uh, Vegas has Colorado tonight. So they might be, you know, 10 back with five games in hand, depending on how it goes. But um, I want to get to the LA Kings. You know, the Jets are in first place, Dave. Like, this is the first time the city of Winnipeg has ever had their team in first place. Ever. And they've been there now for six days. And it looks like they might stay there for a while. But, you know, that trade has really worked out for them. And Pierre-Luc Dubois, for a guy now who's wanted out twice and got his big contract so far, 
is, I mean, I think LA is probably sitting there wanting more. I would think that's fair to say. And, and look, I don't begrudge players uh, trying to put themselves in the position that they want to be in most. You have a finite amount of time in your career. And if you're not happy in a certain location, um, I don't begrudge a guy uh, for trying to go down that road. However, there's always a however. When you do that, you have to understand that you are now placing a target on your back. You have opened yourself up to criticism. It's just the reality of it, right? That's how the world works. You are going to take criticism from folks who look at that and say that you're, you're whining and you're complaining and you're a malcontent and you can never be made happy and look at you with all of the money and you're still not happy and you still got to get exactly what you want. I'm not saying that's the right way of, of, of treating people, but that is the way that a large portion of society will react to something like that. So if that's the road you go down, you have better damn well be good when you get to your desired location. Otherwise, you are going to be more quick to receive criticism than others. It's just the reality of the way the world works. And now after um, working his way out of two organizations, after the way it went down in Columbus, that, I mean, I still can't get the Pepe Le Pew shift out of my mind. Um, that led to his end there. Yeah. And then, you know, in Winnipeg, I, I remember sitting down with him. It would have been, I think, 2021 at the uh, player tour in September, coming off his first year in Winnipeg where he was no good. And he said, uh, that wasn't the real me. You're going to see the real Pierre-Luc Dubois this year. And he was he was better that year in Winnipeg. And, and, and then it came to a point where he wants out of Winnipeg. And I... I guess if you're a Jets fan, you, you have to thank him to an extent for for going to management a year out from unrestricted free agency and telling um, them of his intentions yeah. rather than just walking out the door so at least they could get something for him. And turns out they made a hell of a deal. But now that you're in your third spot and you got the contract, you went to where you wanted to go, you got everything that you wanted, and you're still not playing any good. I mean, to, to quote... Taylor Swift, hey, me, it's the problem, it's me. You know, uh, something of that. Like, you got to look long and hard if you're Pierre Luc Dubois now and say, man, like, I just need better from me. Yeah. Otherwise, um, otherwise my career is going to look, get looked back at um, really disfavorably. And I wouldn't want that on my, my resume, on my legacy. Um, he's better than this. We know this. But he's not playing like it right now. And, and ultimately, at the end of the day, it's not on the coach, it's not on the manager, it's on the guy. He's, he's capable of being a lot better. He's got to put on his, his, his grown-up pants and and say, like, let's, let's get going here, man, because I'm embarrassing myself right now. Yeah. Uh, Dave McCarthy from uh, Sirius XM uh, joins us. Dave, uh, a few other stories uh, around the, the Vegas Golden Knights have had a lot of injuries. Uh, they have a really tough month of January. I think it was like eight of their 11 games were against uh, top 11 teams in the National Hockey League. And and they're reeling, although uh, they uh, they do have some guys who are getting close uh, to returning, but uh, they clearly miss uh, uh, Shea Theodore. Um, I want to get your thoughts on Vegas and, you know, 
are, are they when they're healthy? Are they still that good? Or you know, is this kind of what we saw last year from them? Right, they banged up, and then all of a sudden they got healthy and they go on a roll. Should should we be leery of writing off Vegas? I think we should be. I think there's a number of things that are conspiring against them right now. As you point out, injuries. Every team goes through it. Um, some worse than others, but Vegas is going through it right now. When you're losing guys the caliber of Shea Theodore, who play a big role on that team, that can be uh, that can be a difficult loss to overcome. Additionally, the schedule is is difficult right now. They're playing some real teams. Um, you know, not not to not to to chirp the Oilers. But, you know, as you've pointed out yourself, their schedule is pretty damn favorable right now in January. And to their credit, they're winning the games that are in front of them. Um, And and I made the case on my show yesterday that Edmonton, like it's not out of the realm of possibility. It it doesn't sound in, in reality as wild as it sounds in theory when you suggest could Edmonton go perfect for January. It's possible right now. Absolutely it is. Um, so, you know, they're going to get to a point where the schedule is going to be a little bit tougher, both in terms of how it's laid out, caliber of opponents that they face. So you got to make hay right now, and they're doing it. You know, Vegas is going to get back to another point in their schedule where it's a little bit easier, it becomes a little bit more favorable, they're a healthier team again. I, I think they're going to be just fine. I- I'm not concerned about Vegas. They're going to make the playoffs in the West. Um, you know, they've got by and large the same team. We'll, we'll see, we'll see what kind of a loss Riley Smith is come playoff time. Cause he's a really underrated guy that just never seems to get a ton of credit. Um, he's never a guy that blows the doors off during the regular season, but look at his playoff numbers. Uh, that guy always delivers, um, at the most important time. So we'll see if, if that loss comes back to bite them to an extent. But I think they're really at the point in their their arc as a team where it's just get in, you know, kind of like Tampa three or four years ago, and then just get rolling from there. I still like how they play. I like their style. I like their system. Um, they've still got a lot of good players on that team, a lot of guys that can do damage once they get healthier. I think Vegas is going to be okay. Are you fully on board with Vancouver? Mm, no, I'm less convinced there, right? Just simply because we haven't we haven't seen it yet in the playoffs. They've been really good, um, and and I think you know similar to Vegas, the way they built their team out is they've got got a bunch of guys that can do some damage on that team. Like there's some depth there, um, and 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 I think this year they're playing much more much more connected than they did last year. Like there's there's a foundation to their game that they didn't really seem to have last year, where it just seemed like it was run out there and try and beat teams on on skill and talent alone. And then the goaltending was uh, in the can last year with Thatcher Demko out, and you know that certainly hurt them. But there was no foundation to their game uh, last year. This year, Rick Tockett's done a really good job of installing a foundation and a structure that they play to. And the more you have success, the more you buy into it, the more the message becomes easier to sell. Um, Elias Patterson is having a whale of a year. Brock Bester is having a whale of a year. JT Miller is having a whale of a year. But like I said, they've got depth throughout their lineup where you've got, you know, three lines, if not four, on any given night that can chip in um, and, and, and help you out. So I like Vancouver. They've, they've really impressed me. But um, come playoff time, it's a different animal. Right as you know, as they see here in Toronto, often enough, Leafs are an all-time regular season team. Come playoff time, and it don't quite look 
as good as they do during the regular year. So they, they've got to prove themselves. Vancouver absolutely still has to prove themselves. But we're far enough into the regular season now where I don't think it's an aberration. They're, they're a good regular season team this year. They're going to make the playoffs, but we got to see what happens when playoff time comes. Dave McCarthy from uh, Sirius XM joins us. Dave, what about the Detroit Red Wings? Can you get a read on the Red Wings? You know, they had a good start, then they went into a funk, and, and now they seem to kind of ride the ship again. What do you make of them? Yeah, I look, I mean, if they're going to find their way in, they're going to have to try to beat out Tampa Bay. Um, in the Atlantic Division, because because Boston's not going anywhere. Florida's Florida's a wagon this year. Like they've found something uh, that showed uh, last year's playoff run was not uh, like a Montreal Canadiens 2021 run where they got hot, caught lightning in a bottle, and got their way to the final. Like Florida's real, and they figured out how they want to play, and they're playing to it now during the regular year. And they're having a lot of success. Florida's not going anywhere. Toronto's going to be fine. Um, it, it's can Detroit beat out the Tampa Bay Lightning, who are in a battle right now, right? They've got uh, a lot of guys that uh, had played big roles on that team in past years that are now no longer a part of the program. Um, they know they're in a battle. Um, can Detroit beat them? That's the question right now. I'm, I'm still not convinced. I, I just... I look at Detroit and I see a number of guys that are in positions in that lineup that are probably not where you'd want them to be um, if you had a, a had a contending team. Like I, I look at Dylan Larkin, really good center. I think he's at the lower end of elite centers, if if you know what I mean, right? Yeah. Um, David Perron, quality player. Do you want him playing at at, at that level in the lineup? At this point in his career, um, you know, I don't know. Andrew Kopp, good player. Uh, JT Comfort, good player. I think they're both really quality third-line centers on contending teams. Are they, is either one of them a second-line center on a contending team? I, I don't know. Um, Patrick Kane's been, been pretty good, actually, since coming into the lineup. I've got questions about their back end. In Detroit, Maurice Sider's obviously a really good player. I like what I see out of him, but beyond that, I think there's some questions, um, and and that often uh, rears its head, uh, you know, around about the trade deadline and down the stretch. If your blue line is wonky, um, you start to leak oil a little bit. So, not that Tampa doesn't have that concern either, though. Uh, after after guys like Hedman and and Sergeyev was banged up and, and Chernak. Uh, after that, it's like, poof, uh, a lot of guys, I don't even know who they are on that blue line right now. So I think that's what it's going to come down to. It's going to come down to Detroit and, and Tampa Bay. Um, if I had to place a bet right now, I like I like Tampa's goaltending better, um, and I just like their acumen a little bit better. I feel like they've been through it. They know what they need to do at this time of the year. Um, I'd be more inclined to bet on them to to find a way to cobble it together into the playoffs. I would agree. Davey, great stuff, man. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. Okay, buddy. I'll see you. That's Dave McCarthy from uh, Sirius XM. Jason Greger, Connor Halley with you on a wintry Wednesday. Mm. Don't, don't do what I did. I waited until today to gas up my vehicle. Dumb. Right, so, and trust me, you don't want to wait till Friday. Right, I know it's only a few minutes you stand out there, you're pumping your gas. No, it's not great. So, um, it's obviously harder on your vehicle, too. So uh, get your reminder today before it gets gross cold to uh, fill it up. You'll thank me later.
When we come back, uh, Ty Ramchuk joins us. Also, uh, we'll get to uh, Who Is It Wednesday today. Very special guest join us on Sports 1440 Live and Orders Nation YouTube. Oh, that is a classic old school Brian Adams song, man. I will say that I still think many years later, Brian Adams might have been underrated. For uh, Man, he had some unreal tunes there for a stretch. Summer of 69 is one of the classic songs, man. Oh, love it. You can play that song at any point and you get fired up. I like it. like it a lot, so that's good. Uh, also, um, there's a young boy, uh, Noel, who's a, who's a diehard Oiler fan. He's uh, It looks like he's probably about, I don't know, five or six anyway he lost his mom seven months ago and uh, his dad put out a little video i just tweeted out for uh, order fans um so if you're, if you're looking at hey order fans are in a pretty good mood right now their team is 16 and 3 in their last 19 games but um if you uh, want to send a little positivity to a young fan uh he just wanted to uh, hear from other order fans so you can check it out on my uh, twitter you can respond to him uh, maybe with a little message of your own uh probably add a little positivity imagine being a young kid and losing your mom oof that would not be good at all. Sadly, uh, uh, I know a few of those um, close to me, actually. Um, yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit later on. Anyway, let's uh, get to the uh, oil report now. Brought to you by VolvoCarsEdmonton.com. And uh, if you're looking for a ride, man, they got the XC90s, the XC60s, the hybrids. Are in. Of course, they've got the new electric vehicles, uh, all at uh, great financing options right now. And most importantly, you always get wonderful service from the day you arrive to the, the day you're a customer forever. That's why so many people uh, buy second, third, and fourth vehicles from VolvoCarsEdmonton.com because their service is what separates them from everyone else. Tyler Uremchuk from uh, OrdersNation.com joins us. And uh, Tyler was uh, busy, uh, well, not Tyler specifically, but uh, a few other people at Orders Nation uh, getting the crayons out for the parade route as the Orders uh, look unbeatable right now, Ty. Yeah, they're uh, they're looking good. It's kind of funny that the first eight game heater kind of got everyone thinking, okay, the playoffs, wild card, this team's kind of back. A second eight game heater kind of has people going, okay, home ice in the first round. Can they catch Vancouver? Uh, people are dreaming right now. Yeah, well, Vancouver yeah, I think well, might be tough, but Vegas is like Vegas is very doable because uh, if you look at the rest of this month, like the orders don't really gain any ground as far as games played go, but Vegas has a really tough schedule where the orders don't. So you take it uh, if you take advantage of your schedule, the orders could find themselves, you know, maybe four points back of Vegas with four or five games in hand when February comes and their first game when they return from the All-Star break is none other than the Vegas Golden Knights on February 6th. Yeah, I wrote about this the other day. Like, I, I think home ice in round one is actually a realistic and attainable goal for this team. Only four back of L.A., couple of head-to-head games, only eight back right now of the Vegas Golden Knights with three games in hand. I believe two or three uh, head-to-head games before the end of the season. But then you look... Vancouver, 14 points back. I know the Oilers have four games in hand, but you only have the one more head-to-head. I just think with the existence of the loser point and also how well Vancouver's rolling, catching the Canucks feels a, it feels a little insurmountable right now. But the other two, Vegas and L.A., those two can be caught. Oh, yeah. Like, the L.A. Kings right now are, uh, are reeling. I was... You know, I was never one who was huge on board with the Kings. I think the Kings are a playoff team, but I just, um, I, I don't think they have enough offense at a time when you have to play offense. And, um, I know Cam Talbot and their system is very good, but come, come crunch time in the playoffs, I wouldn't be, uh, you know, that concerned about Talbot. It's having a great year. Don't get me wrong, but, um, I think that system is very goalie friendly. 
And then uh, when you need your goalie to make some big saves, I'm not sure they have a goalie who can do it. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I mean, Talbot playing great right now. What have we seen from him over the last, I mean, couple of seasons? Struggled to stay healthy when he was in Ottawa. Struggled to stay consistent before a lot that. Like, there was a reason he was bouncing around quite a bit. So they probably need a goalie just as bad as anyone else around the league when you consider Phoenix Copley is going to be done for the season. But I was reading Frank's trade targets list, and you look at the goalies that are available, like, I mean, last year there was Corpusalo who was having a great year and a team like L.A. viewed as a guy who could make starts for them in the playoffs. I'm not sure if there's that kind of goalie on the market this season. No, no, I don't. I don't. Well, I, I will say if Minnesota stays out, Marc-Andre Fleury uh, would be. Marc-Andre Fleury's underlying numbers are fantastic for the Minnesota Wild. And now I, I don't know if he wants to go, right, because of his family life, but um, if Mark Andre Fleury is willing to be traded uh, at the deadline and Minnesota's out of it. I think there'll be a lot of teams lined up to try to get him. That'd be a guy you'd have any interest in if you're Edmonton. If Minnie keeps half the money, 1.75, is that the good veteran backup for uh, for the Oilers? I tend to think that if that was a scenario and Fleury was available, the Oilers probably would get outbid by a team who's itching to add an actual starter, maybe even someone well, like that's, Toronto. That's exactly it. And I think Fleury would only agree to go to a place where he knows he's going to be the starter. I don't think he wants to go and be a backup. I could be wrong, but I, I would think the way he's playing, he wants to go and he wants to be the he wants to be a starter. He wants to have another chance to play. That would that would be my guess. Yeah, and I mean, hey, Minnie's calling up Jesper Wallstedt. I think he's emergency recalled today, but he might get the start for the Wild. I mean, who if Jesper Wallstedt comes in and starts playing well, whether Minnie's in or out of it, they might sit there and go, hey, Mark andre do you want to go somewhere where you can play every day and be the number one if they want to run with Gustafson and Wallstedt? Get an asset for Flurry, right? Well, yeah, I think, I think honestly, um, and, and I know that obviously Wallstedt, uh, older fans get uh, up in arms about it and, you know, we'll see. Uh, being very good in the American League, uh, that's a long way from being very good in the NHL. Maybe he will be, and, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. And then, that, you know, that might be a pick that obviously you're wondering, hey, what were you thinking at that point? No question about it. And, you know, if you're Minnesota, and if he comes up and plays well, and, and you know, you've got uh, your other goalie in Gustafson, then, yeah, I think Fleury does become somebody that you would want to trade, uh, especially in a year where, you know, like Minnesota last year was unreal what they did, Ty. But when you consider that they basically, like, they got $14 million less than all the top teams, almost 15, actually. I think it's 14.7. Like, that, that's hard over a long period of time to make up for. Like, that's a lot of really good players that you're missing out on. Yeah, I mean, like they have five guys on their roster right now, just forwards making under a million dollars. Their most expensive D-man right now, because Jared Spurgeon and Jonas Brodin are out, their most expensive defenseman is $2.45 million on the cap. Like you just lose such a big layer of depth. I give Bill Guerin credit for being able to keep all the big guns, right? Kaprizov, Spurgeon, they got Matt Boldy done to a big deal, found a way to work in, Zuccarello, Eriksson, like the big guns are good but they don't have that middle layer of insulation that a lot of top teams do. And that's why when they get hit with the injury bug, they can't survive it. Like they've just, their depth is completely evaporated. Yeah. Tyler Ramchuk joins us. Uh, You play Sam Gagne tomorrow night? 
I would. Um, first off, I was looking at his numbers compared to home and on the road. He is way more productive at home, which makes me think they should treat him kind of like some baseball teams treat hitters where it's like, <laughs> hey, we have guys who only play against lefties, guys that only play against righties. Maybe they should make Sam Gagne. Don't even bring him on the road. Just keep him at home ice only. But I'd mix him back in tomorrow. I think they could use a bit of a spark here in the bottom six, get some, get a bit of a scoring touch in there. The only thing that concerns me is, you know, teams playing the matchup game against the Oilers. If you have Sam Gagne and Derek Ryan on the ice at the same time and another team has a line that can skate really well, you might get burned on that front. But I don't know. It's not like the Oilers played that great against the Chicago Blackhawks. Not at all. So I think you can make a change even though you're on a winning streak. Yeah, and I think if Gagne comes in, he probably plays on the right wing. Yanmark will move to the left side and, and Ernie would come out. And so you'd have Yanmark, uh, Hamlin, and Gagne on uh, on that fourth line, I, I would think. So, you know, we'll see what they do. Um, you know, the orders, uh, I would guess Calvin Pickard probably goes tomorrow night. And, you know, I give Chris Knobloch a, a lot of credit. He. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. He hasn't just given his backup the easy quote Chicago games. And last night, clearly he made the right call because Stuart Skinner is the main reason they won that game. Yeah, I mean, if they would have went with Pickard, who knows what would have happened last night, which is a scary thought considering what that Hawks team looked like on paper. But I do agree. Credit to Knobloch. Like, Pickard's played twice against the New Jersey Devils, who are a pretty solid offensive team, and he's delivered twice against them. Even the game against Florida, where they lost, he gave up five goals. He faced 40 shots. Like, he played good. So Pickard is one of the many what-ifs for this Oilers team leading up to the deadline. Like, what if Calvin Pickard keeps giving you 900 to 905 goaltending the rest of the way and you're sitting there a week out of the deadline maybe you go you know let's not trade our third or fourth round pick to get a backup goalie maybe you sit there and say let's trade our third or fourth round pick for an extra layer of depth on the blue line or a bottom six piece that we think can help us and maybe calvin picker just keeps rolling and the oilers don't need to add a piece ahead of the deadline yeah that's fair 
right? Especially because you're not sure, you know, who, who's out there. Now, lots can change in, in two months. Like, um, I'm still the, the one name that fascinates me. And I'm not saying he's on the market, but if the Nashville Predators, and I, and I think they're going to stay in the hunt, so it's probably a moot point. But if they, for some reason, hit the skids here, I really wonder if Nashville looks to try to cash in on UC Soros. And a team would get him for this year's playoff run and next year at a really good cap hit of $5 million. Well, the interesting decision that Nashville has to make here is, is Askarov's playing good hockey down in the American League. And with Soros, again, a year away from unrestricted free agency, do the Predators want to sign Soros to a seven or eight year deal knowing that Askarov's coming up? If they do want to sign Soros, then maybe they even trade Yaroslav Askarov and they go that route as well, which is a guy I think as a potential future number one, a lot of teams would be interested in. So if you wanted to maximize your value on Soros and you go, you know what, we can trust a scare off going forward. Barry Trotz has said before that he thinks they're three or four years away from competing. Then right now is the time to move Soros when the market is kind of flat when it comes to goal. He's not a lot of big name, reliable net minders out there. And two, the team acquiring him is going to get him for two playoff runs. Like that's massive as well. So that could be the big game changer with the Oilers though. I mean, I guess you could get him and say, hey, we don't need to sign him to an extension. Let's run him for two more years. But again, do you need to swing as high as Soros when you have Stuart Skinner signed for the next couple of seasons? I don't know. Yeah, No, I'm not saying Edmonton would do it. I'm just saying, um, you know, that's a if his name is out there, like you look at last year, Matias Ekholm wasn't available and then they changed their mind and all of a sudden he became available. And, um, you know, I was David Poyles last year, but Trotz was in on it. So I, I just wonder, you know, what direction Nashville will go. Like to me, I think it would be foolish for Nashville to do it because all they're doing then, especially when they got rid of Connor Ingram, right? For nothing. And, uh, you look what he's doing in Arizona. Like it, it wouldn't make a lot of sense, but hey, I've seen teams do it before. There's trades where you're like, what? Why, why are you doing that? So, um, that's the one yeah. guy that I just, uh, watch for. And whew, that would be quite the sweet. Like there's been a lot, like you look at Toronto, they could get him for five million bucks. They would give up a lot to get him, right? Yeah. Because they basically, they just don't resign Brody and there's their five million dollars for next year to have Soros on your team. Like it's, uh, you know, that would, that'd be a no brainer for me, uh, if, if I was them. So we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. I'm not saying he would be, but that's the one name. If, and you know, we'd heard some whispers last year, Ty. So that's why I just wonder if maybe now the Preds are currently in the first wild card spot. So maybe it's not much of a, a realistic talking point, but if all of a sudden they go in the ditch here, you never know. Uh, have yourself a good one. We will chat with you next Wednesday. Actually, I'll talk to you tomorrow on the uh, DFO. There you go. There you go. Awesome. That's uh, Tyler Uremchuk, um, of course, from uh, Oders Nation, uh, Daily li- Live, and of course, uh, the Daily Face-Off DFO Rundown. Uh, when we return, we will get to Who Is It Wednesday? Uh, a guest that I think many of you are going to enjoy. Almost a thousand games in the National Hockey League. Uh, had a few deep playoff runs, never won the cup. First round selection, scored 150 NHL goals. And played for four different uh, organizations, including the two who faced off last night. The Orders and the Blackhawks. You know who it is. 833-401-1440. Uh, we'll return to the Gregor Show after Connor Halley Sports 1440 update. Brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling. Home of the no payments, no interest for one year. On your first, don't wait till it's minus 40 like it's going to be Friday, man, because it's brutal. You do not want to have furnace issues. If you do, call Legacy Heating.